11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Jessica McDonald. McDonald, Jessica, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's just go back in time. Like, what, what was your first memory of playing soccer? Oh my gosh! Why would you put me on a spot like this, man? <laughs> my first memory—I was five years old, just like everybody else on the planet who played co-ed soccer when they're five years old, and. I'm thinking, like, I'm having this phenomenal game. And I score a goal, but I end up dribbling the wrong way. It's going well. I'm my own goalkeeper twice. And I'm thinking, like, you know, I'm the next Mia Ham, you know, <laughs> scoring on my own goalkeeper. So that was, that's literally my first, first memory of playing soccer. I gotcha. And then just like going through high school and things like that, like, when did, like, was there a moment that, where you knew you were, like, really good and could go far? Yeah, I realized it when I was about a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. I had just started playing soccer again at around the age of 12. And basketball and track were kind of my primary sports growing up for the most part, up until I hit junior high. And then I came to an off season when I was 12. And then I was really blessed to be with a really good club coach and club team. Mm-hmm. And he saw my potential and he used obviously my athleticism and taught me how to actually properly kick a ball and and score and so by the time I was a freshman in high school I started to get notices from colleges and I was like holy crap like this is really cool obviously that was when I saw my potential in soccer and got my first call up into the youth national team camp at the time as well two years into really playing competitively and yeah, that's pretty much when I saw it. It was probably my freshman year in high school. Yeah, what? Yeah, what's that like? You're you're on the U17 team, right? Yes. So so what's that like? You were like in high school, and then you get like called up to like the national team. Can you repeat your question? Yeah, I was, I was saying like, what is that like to be like in high school and you get like called up to the national team? Yeah, it's just it's so cool. Yeah. No, um, it's funny because like when I was a little girl, I I dreamt of being other things not necessarily a soccer player Mm -hmm. and so just being able to have the privilege of representing my country representing my family name on a global stage was just really cool because at the end of the day only thing i wanted to do by that time was to follow my brother's footsteps he played mls for many years he went to img academy played with the youth national team for many years as well and so i had the privilege of having someone that I was able to look up to and being able to follow his footsteps. And that's exactly what I did. And I 
was very great. I'm very grateful to obviously have an older brother who who was so successful in soccer as well. And so I just wanted to replicate literally his his entire soccer career. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you mentioned like all the all the sports you played, like you played soccer and basketball and track. Uh, did the, or did like basketball and track like help you in any way with soccer? Absolutely. So I know a lot of my strengths in other sports. I was able to apply it in soccer. For example, I was leading in rebounding. You know, when I was in high school for my basketball team, mm-hmm. and. Rebounding is all about timing. When you jump up in the air, beating your opponent to it, blocking them out, things like that. And so one of my strengths in soccer is heading. I can get up, time the ball when I head it. And so it's nice to kind of have that advantage of some of my strengths in other from other sports and being able to apply it in soccer. And so it's obviously helped me to, to be where I am today in, in my career. Yeah, for sure. And then what, what was your recruiting process like out of, out of high school? It was wild. I had an ample amount of colleges who were interested in me, and I was very excited about that. And it was kind of a no-brainer, though. Once I saw that UNC was interested in me, the soccer powerhouse of women's soccer, mm-hmm. it's kind of a no-brainer. And I always wanted to be a Tar Heel. But the funny thing is, I didn't want to just be a Tar Heel for soccer. I thought for sure I was going to be a Tar Heel for basketball <laughs> and because like, I grew up at a time when Michael Jordan was playing and Michael yeah. Jordan kind of put the Tar Heels on the map and so that was when I kind of got my ambition to want to be a Tar Heel and ended up there so and, and won two back-to-back NCAA championships which you know I'm, I'm very proud of and happy that I was able to go to my dream school and not something that you know a lot of people can say yeah definitely that's awesome um what yeah what was your overall experience like at UNC like on the field and off the field at UNC? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the field, obviously, we had incredible, incredible talent. We had the likes of Ming Klingenberg, Tobin Heath, we had Ashton Harrison, Goal. I mean, we had a stacked team. And so it showed how much of a family we were because of our success when we were together off the field. Moderate was absolutely amazing. There wasn't any type of team drama. We had this mantra going into every season before before every season, and we all stuck with it. So we all had this goal, and that was to obviously be a family, have fun, love each other, and those were just the important things to us. And then we were able to bring that positivity off the field onto the field. And so a lot of them became you know, some of my really closest friends, and it was just a really amazing and beautiful experience on and off the field. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, like, just going like going into, like, after college and then, like, going pro, I know, like, it was the Women's Premier Soccer League then. Um, like, what what was it like? Like, what was – I know it was, like – it was only, like, 11 years ago, but, like, what was it like to – for, like, pro soccer, like, then and, now, like, now women's pro soccer? Yeah, it has developed tremendously. The mm-hmm. game has completely changed. And it's, it's happened in the men's game as well. If, mm-hmm. if you haven't noticed, I don't know how much yeah. you watch the game, but you can see that it's faster, everybody's stronger, it's more more skillful. You know, we don't rely necessarily on our athleticism anymore. It's all about being able to play in certain pockets of space, being in certain pockets of space, 
and different formations that you have to adjust to and different personnel that you play against. And so being able to play on a women's national team for a little bit of time, seeing how other teams like France, Germany, teams like that, how they play and being able to adjust how they play with our strengths and our weaknesses. So it's been really cool to see how soccer has developed over the past 10 to 12 years. And so WPS, I feel like it was a lot more direct. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you know, we can keep possession, you know, and, and we're learning the game in, in different kinds of ways nowadays than we were 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I know you had a, you had a knee injury, injury your rookie year. Uh, how did you overcome that? Oh, that was dude, blood, sweat, and tears, man. That was uh, probably the most difficult time in my life. I I grew up an athlete. I, right off the bat, was born a jock. And only thing I knew was sports. Only thing I knew was to play sports. And so for that to come to a halt was absolutely devastating. It completely broke my heart. And for a little bit, it, it definitely broke my spirit. And so got my surgery done. And my surgeon told me I had a very small chance of even playing sports at a high level again. Mm-hmm. I fully ruptured my patellar tendon, so it's a way worse injury than tearing your ACL. It was a two-year recovery, and it was it was just hard yeah. through and through. And so from the very beginning, post-op, I, I flew home to do my rehab. And when I went home, I was able to see with my own eyes kind of who was in my circle. Because at this time, I'm no longer a pro right now. And, you know, everyone is all happy and smiling in your face when you are a pro, but things completely change when you're not. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went through that phase as well in my life from friends, family, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so just having the support that I had, like knowing who my true people were, that's what really helped get me through. I had some of my best friends who helped me get through it. I didn't have a car at the time because in my contract, I had a rental car. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't afford a car at the time. We weren't getting paid much in WPS. And so mm-hmm. I went home. My best friends let me use their car every day to go to rehab and, and do what I could to obviously get healthy again. And so it just showed true colors in people at that time, at, at a difficult time in my life. And yeah. so if, if it wasn't for the people who were supporting me day in and day out during that time, I'm not even sure mentally I would have been able to make it, but I relied solely on my faith and, and obviously the support that I had been able to get through it. And so that's exactly what I had. All I had was people. And that's sometimes all that we need yeah. is, is someone or, or, you know, some people at least just to be by your side when you're going through such a hard time. And that's exactly what was happening to me. And so um, it was just a very beautiful thing to continue to develop relationships at that time in my life when it was just so difficult yeah definitely and then just like going out throughout your career um it almost looks like you were on a a different team almost every year and so up until like a few years ago now you've been on the the north carolina courage for for four years yeah four years and uh so what what was that like just like kind of like moving around the u.s a lot yeah that too was also a horrible experience (laughs) and I'm getting traded to six teams, yeah. six different teams in five years. And I'm I'm at a point in my career throughout all these trades, like, my gosh, like, this league is killing me because 
I felt like I was proving myself on each team that I was, I was playing on. And so, you know, I was one of the leading goal scorers on Seattle Rain when I played for them in, in 2013 after being traded from Chicago that year. The next year, I set a goal-scoring record at Portland Thorns. And then they still ended up trading me. And I, I was literally our golden boot player that year. They trade me. I go to Houston. I get golden boot again for that team. And I was our leading goal scorer that year. Get traded again. Western New York flash happens. And we came out successful. And then I still end up in a different state after that, which is North Carolina. Our team got bought from New York to here. And so for me, on more of a personal level, outside of soccer, I had my son the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am. I'm a single mom. I'm I'm bopping from place to place, a state, different state to different state. Here I am trying to find a whole new support system in a whole other state where I don't even know anybody. And this is also a problem for me. I'm like, I'm not even getting paid enough for this. But, like, here I am again, you know, a new place, trying to find a new support system. There were times where I couldn't even find anybody to watch my kid. I couldn't afford to put him in daycare. Daycare mm-hmm. took up most of my paycheck. So yeah. couldn't afford to do that. So I had to just find people who I didn't know to come to my training sessions to watch my kid. But there were also training sessions where my kid was sitting on the sideline in a stroller by himself as a baby. And that was a horrible experience. So it was just major things that were happening in my life throughout all those trades. And Mm -hmm. it was heartbreaking because I felt like I have done everything in this league possible to, to, you know, get a raise and yeah. I wasn't getting paid more. You know, I was still sitting on like 15 K every season for the first like three or four seasons while raising my son. Mm-hmm. And so just like from pay to the trades, it was, it was horrible. It really was. Yeah. But then it was also humbling because at least there were teams that wanted me. Yeah. So a trade happened and it's like, okay, on to the next. I'm just happy that somebody wants me. I'd be worried if I was waived and no one wanted me, then that would, definitely be a little more eye-opening for me but the fact that you know teams wanted me but then dumped me again um you know is it, it was very bittersweet it was but it's nice to be on a team who i've played for longer than a season for and i'm i'm settled here i call this home my my kid is settled here he goes to school here and so um yeah it's just our, our second home away from from back at home arizona yeah yeah that's what uh that's what's crazy like i don't think people realize like when uh you know women have women have kids and things like that and in pro sports it's like crazy difficult and uh and now i mean i think it's moving forward with i don't know like what the pay is now but i know like you know like we were just talking about before just like everything's like increasing so i mean i think the women's soccer league is on the rise right now um and and then like how do you feel about like someone like uh naomi osaka like investing into your team yeah, man, it's so cool to see the support that we're starting to get as female soccer players because, as everybody knows, we scrape pennies in this league. Mm-hmm. And so now we're getting somewhere. It's like, finally, here we go. Now I'm starting to see this league grow. Now I'm starting to see the support that we truly deserve at the end of the day. And so we are all grateful. Every single player in this league, we're all grateful for the personnel who are jumping on board to become ownerships with, with all these teams. And then you look at LAFC, that place is already booming with the amount of ownership that they have. Yeah. And this is what it's well-deserved. This is what we need. And so in order to grow, this is exactly what we're going to need is people to step into the plate 
who are willing to invest in women's soccer. And we will continue to be successful because of that. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. I've been here since day one in the NWSL. I'm a day oneer, and to see it grow the way that it has over time, it's absolutely amazing and so well deserving for all of us. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players. Well, how would you like to work with professional players one on one? Now you can with Be Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com/bepro to apply to work with our network of pro players today. You're three three time NWSL champion. Uh, what what was that like? Just winning it three times, and what was it like winning it the first time? The first time, to be honest, <laughs> it, it was shocking. Like we were right. Western New York Flash. We called ourselves the Bad News Bears, the underdogs of the league because. At the beginning of that season, we this is in 2016. At the beginning of that season, we're Western New York Flash. We're this young team. We're the youngest team in the league, and we're considered the bad news bears, underdogs of the league. At the beginning of that 2016 season, we were placed in last place for a very long time, and so we literally clawed our way through to the NWSL championship. I mean, we're down two to one in overtime with. 20 seconds left to go and we end up scoring and tying two to two to go into pks and win a championship in pks and it was just it was just a shocking season for us because we didn't we didn't expect to make it that far but we all had this belief and that belief was within each other it was like okay we're the outcast and we embraced that and that was like the best thing about that season and so the fact that we didn't have these high expectations we didn't set any goals that season and to come off successful the way that we did was definitely historical and obviously winning a championship is always amazing it's one of the best feelings you know and so we definitely deserved it because we we clawed our way through it it wasn't that pretty of a season for us but mm-hmm. you know sometimes you have to win win games in a pretty ugly fashion and so that's what we did a lot of the time that season yeah for sure and then in 2019 you you won the the FIFA World Cup um, like what, what, it, how does that compare to like winning a championship? Man, you amplify that times a million. <laughs> and one of the reasons I say that, cause like a lot of people do ask me, Hey, what's it like winning the world cup? I'm like, you already know it's amazing, Yeah. but you don't know what I went through throughout my life to win that medal. And the only word that really comes to mind when I think of winning the World Cup is just relief. It was just such a relief because my dream came true through all the blood, sweat, tears, all the trades that happened, the injury that happened, you know, people telling me, no, I need to settle, I need to quit soccer, all the naysayers. And then it led into this gold medal. And this entire majority of my career, except for my rookie year, I've been a mom and I've had my son by my side through all the ups and through all the downs. And so it was a relief because I had him the whole time. And mm-hmm. it wasn't easy, you know, having a child and, and doing what I do for a living. And literally cried in the middle of the field while I'm celebrating with my son. And so that's a moment that he's going to remember for the rest of his life. And that's exactly what I've been playing for. It's for memories like that, especially for my son. And so, like I said, Obviously, amazing feeling, one of the best in the world, but also just such a relief because my dream came true. 
my dream came true. And I, I look back at my journey. I look back at the entire process. And this is where I use my story as a testimony. Like, look, kids, like your journey, whatever it is that you want to do, it's not going to be easy. There, there's going to be some ups. There's going to be some downs. We all go through adversity, but it's how you come out of that adversity is what's going to define your character. And it's going to help you with your success, whether if you push through it or not. Yeah, for sure. All right, you ready for the five Quincy questions? Yes. Uh, what's the most important skill or quality you feel has made you successful as a pro player? Speed. All right, I like that. Uh, what's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? Lack of nutrition. All right. Uh, what advice would you give a younger player trying to get like a scholarship or go go to a pro league? Can this be like a longer answer? Yeah. Okay. Um, you have your own strengths in whatever sport that you play. Don't worry about anybody else. You worry about you and your strength. That's why you're out there. This is why coaches play you. This is why you get recruited is because of your strengths. Perfect your strengths, but work on your weaknesses. But know that you're out there because of your strengths. So perfect your strengths, but also work on your weaknesses. I like that. All right, these next two could be uh, soccer-related or life-related. Uh, what's something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't know. I've, let's go to the next question, and right. I'll, I'll think on that one. All right. What What's something you would move forward with uh, if you weren't scared uh, if things didn't go well? I think cutting my hair. All right. What, like yeah, short? I'm dreadlocks, so it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah, totally back and forth with that, yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. So, Jessica, you're a brand ambassador for Title IX. Could you tell me a little bit about it and what they're uh, doing? Yeah, so Title IX is a huge support for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team with our fight and... Mm-hmm lawsuit against our employer u.s soccer against equal pay or to fight for equal pay mm-hmm. and this is just an amazing support that we truly deserve it's sad that it boils down to this because i i truly believe that we should no longer fight for equality and at the end of the day that's what this is about and so title nine just brings a little more empowerment with this movement that we're we're all in right now yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing that I always think about is just like you guys win more than the men too. So it's like you guys should be getting paid. Absolutely. Like, I mean, doesn't I don't know how. Like, I don't know what the like I've seen recently with the Olympics and everything going on now. Um, like the like the how much you get paid for like each medal and like U S is like one of the lowest countries, regardless of like gender. So I thought that was kind of interesting too. Just like you know, in other countries, like you win a a medal and it's like that changes your life forever but like in the u.s kind of like not really yeah like we we all yeah. have our side hustles too yeah. which you know is, it's not cool and I, yeah. I know once i'm finished playing i'm i'm still gonna have to continue to work yeah whereas my male counterparts probably won't they probably won't have that worry because of how much they get paid yeah for sure what about what do you think about um like has the mls ever like done any kind of like partnership with the NWSL or anything like that? Only a few teams have. From mm-hmm. Orlando, because they have the women's team. Oh, yeah, Houston, 
yeah, you have Houston Dynamo and Houston Dash, and then Portland Thorns and Portland Timbers. Mm-hmm. But that's that's pretty much all we have. We we need we need more. We need more from the MLS because I think with those partnerships, it's yeah. it's been a huge success. And I think the more we have MLS teams on board, I feel like the more successful both NWSL and MLS will become successful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I'm a full supporter of it. I mean, I've seen like the WNBA grow and with their new CBA, and now they're getting paid like their their max went from like uh, it, their max doubled now actually. So uh, hopefully that got ha- happens to you guys too. Absolutely, me too. Um, all right, are you ready for some fun questions? Yes. Uh, wh- what's your favorite food? Collard greens. Collard greens. Yeah. <laughs> all right um uh, what well, what do you like to do in your free time read are you reading anything right now yes i am reading a book called winning by tim grover he was michael jordan's mentor and trainer oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's dope um yeah uh what do you what do you like what are your goals for this upcoming or the season or yeah the season right now stay healthy all right what do you uh oh yeah what do you you think is more like what's bigger winning the world cup or winning the olympics world cup yeah for sure all right well i appreciate you coming on and uh could you let the listeners know uh where they can follow you on social media um instagram at jmac jmac 1422 twitter j underscore 1422 j underscore mac 1422 on twitter and facebook just jessica mcdonald quincy mariquat here and thanks again for listening if you enjoyed today's episode please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it and if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next we'll get working on that right away you can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.